Hey everybody, and welcome to Dr. Gong's Drumcast. Uh, this is the second episode in the Drumcast ever. My name is Danny Young, and uh, we have a very, very cool guest today. His name is Nicky Andersson, and he is uh, probably mostly known for being the the singer and guitar player and front guy, songwriter, probably even producer <laughs> for uh, the Helicopters. But he also has other bands. He has um, Imperial State Electric, uh, where he also is the front guy. Uh, but he also plays in a band with his wife, where he plays drums. And that is the band Lucifer. Nikkei was also known for playing drums with Entombed way back in the day. I think they started doing that in maybe in the late, mid to late 80s, I think. So this guy has been around for quite a while. He's, uh, he's younger than I am, uh, and he has a track record that is just insane a very very cool guy a very talented drummer very talented guitar player singer songwriter producer yeah and he even draws his own his own artwork so this guy is a diy motherfucker <laughs> and a very 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 cool guy and definitely worth a listen uh, to this podcast with him as our guest so let's just uh let it all hang out with Nikke on the show. Nick Anderson, uh, welcome to Dr. Gong's Drumcast. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm very honored to have you here. Thank you for thank you for being on my show. So I uh, we've known each other for quite some years now. It's more than twenty years, I think. Yes. And still, there's so much I do not know about you. Maybe really? I was I was afraid to ask. <laughs> so, so now I have the opportunity. I can ask you all the questions I want. Uh, and <laughs> let's see, let's see what ends up in the podcast <laughs> in the final in the final edit. I hope I can answer some of them. <laughs> I hope so too. So how how are you? How are you doing in in these in these strange times? Uh, apart from the times being very strange, uh, obviously, and uh, it's gone very bad for a lot of people. Uh, I actually feel pretty good. Because I have a lot of time to work on music, and, and that's, that that means a lot to me. That's when you're the the happiest. Yes. Yeah. Well, good then. Then good for you. But I mean, Sweden is in a very strange situation, and I think I if if I could give you any advice, I don't know if that means anything at all. But stay home. <laughs> well, that's see, that's the thing. That's what I usually do anyway. Oh, so that's not much difference for you, then, is it? <laughs> no, it's uh, you know the the money. Could be a little difficult in a while, yep. uh, since there's no shows, and that's what we do for a living, yep. musicians. But uh, everyone's in the same boat. But but they so, but they've closed down like big events in Sweden, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's okay, no so. no shows and, okay. and stuff like that. But people here don't really understand that. I mean, there's some things you have to do in mm. in a crisis like this. That's going to the pharmacy and buy groceries and stuff 
but people think they have a right to hang out at bars. Okay. Which strikes me as very strange. In these times, I would think that would be strange, yeah, especially looking at what all the other countries do. But Sweden has always been a different country, I think. Yeah, it it puzzles me. Uh, I don't know. But then at the same time, you don't know until this is over if this was a good thing or a bad thing. or Exactly. And maybe the Swedes were right all all along. We, we Time will show, I guess. But, I, <laughs> yeah, I understand. but it doesn't feel right at the moment. Not because there's, really there's people dying there, right? Yeah, but yeah. there are people dying everywhere. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know. No. Let's, we'll, we'll stick with the music and the drums. Yeah, we're no experts in in the pandemic. True. So <laughs> we can do we can only do the rock and roll pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I want to I want there's I, like I said I have so many questions and so many things I want I want to ask you but um it, it, a good place to start I think is at the beginning. Um and so my very first uh, question is like wh- what was the first instrument you started playing with and why because most people I think know you as the frontman from the helicopters guitar player singer songwriter but you're also obviously a drummer and you were a drummer in Entombed and you were uh, are a drummer and now currently in Lucifer but what was the fir- what did you start with first was it guitar or was it drums or another instrument it was drums so drums was your first instrument I didn't even know that Yes, and it was all because of Peter Chris. There you go, and yep. that's that's probably the one thing that we really, really have in common. <laughs> was it the same for you? Exactly the same for me. Exactly uh-huh. the same for me. I got my snare drum when I was I got a first snare drum when I was seven years old, and that well, was. Did, hold on, didn't that suck to just have one drum? Well, when you're when you're uh, <laughs> when you're seven years old, you, you I was kind of happy just for you know having anything to hit on. I I think I, I ruined a lot of the furniture at home, so they need to get me something to hit on. That's true, and then you would have something that you're entitled to hit on. To. Exactly, and made a hell of a lot of noise. But what how what is your story? Because we're, we're we're talking about you. Um. Damn it! I want to talk about you. I'm gonna make my own podcast. <laughs> it's gonna be about drums. We can talk about exactly the same things. <laughs> but uh, no, well, for me, it, it did start with Kiss because I saw a picture. Uh, well, it was these collector cards we had in Sweden. You probably had something similar in Norway. Yeah, you could buy them at the tobacco store, which was. Tobacco stores here were more like a, yeah, there was tobacco in newspapers and magazines yep. and candy. And candy. That's yeah, yeah. what we had here. Yeah. So I think I was in there with my parents or one of them, and um, I saw this. I think these cards were like a pack of 10, maybe, I'm mm-hmm. guessing here. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, uh, like a hole in the in the package so you could see the first card Uh, so in that one package by the counter there was a kiss kiss card in the front there so that and those were very cheap so that i got instead of candy Uh Uh, and then i was a fan from that picture from seeing that so then Uh, when you heard the music did it make sense for you that actually took a while which is 
maybe a little strange. So I, I had, I, you know, I dressed up and painted my face before I actually heard the music. That, that's great. So I don't know how long that is. You know, it felt very long, but you know, when you're a kid, like two days could feel like two months or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have no idea, but I asked, I remember asking my mom, so how does Kiss sound? Ah, they sound like Dr. Hook because they she had <laughs> Dr. Hook al albums. So I was, you know, lip syncing to that and, you know, for a while. And then I finally got rock and roll over uh, just out of the blue. Uh, I just got a present and that was the album. Put it on and it did not sound anything like Dr. Hook. <laughs> it, re it really didn't. <laughs> thankfully, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I didn't mind Dr. Hook. <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, Kiss was better. Kiss was Definitely. better, yeah. Dr. Hook had so, some cool songs, but I didn't hear them until I was actually grown up. But but so so then you then you started hearing Kiss and and Rock and Roll Over is is your is probably one of your top five albums still. Yeah, I mean because of that, it's because of the nostalgia, but also I'm. It's difficult. I'm trying to hear music objectively, but but music is not supposed to be that. No, no, it's, it isn't. Uh, I guess, but uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, it, that. That's the record that made me get into music. So it it does mean a lot. And it has a striking cover uh, that I still think is amazing. The the artwork. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it, it totally works. It's just funny because I, I mean, I had that with a lot of albums when I was a kid. I really didn't pay attention to side one and side two. <laughs> I th I think you were so excited, so you just wanted to hear it. So my first ever Kiss song I heard was "Love Em, Leave Em," yeah, uh, which is maybe not their best. To be objective here again, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Gene Simmons song. I think he sings on it, right? It's very much a Gene Simmons song. I would yeah. say that's one of the. I don't know that it's the Gene Simmons lyric. In yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's it's. <laughs> He's my no limousine is awaiting <laughs> he's no poet <laughs> or maybe he is maybe it's, he it's, is yeah, again a, time very, will show he's a very blunt sex poet <laughs> <laughs> i guess obviously that was very needed in society <laughs> but well, so anyways he, he thought so he thought so yeah but anyway so you heard kiss and then it was how long after that until you started playing the drums I think, uh, you know, your memory when you're, because I think I was about seven, mm -hmm. around there. Some, uh, and uh, I started uh, getting this magazine that we had in Sweden called Poster. Yeah, I remember that. I think they, they probably sold them in Finland and Norway mm -hmm. and Denmark too. So the, they were actually pretty amazing, uh, those magazines, because you had, the huge size and they were all about posters mm. not not many words in them which was perfect because i probably couldn't read back then <laughs> probably not uh, uh, so, so i started getting those and this is all instead of candy i suppose oh yeah your dentist was, loves you mm, yeah well 
I don't love the dentist. No, who does? Yeah. <laughs> I just actually came from the dentist right now, believe it or not. How did it go? It went fine. Yeah. yeah. You're good? I'm good. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Speaking of nothing relevant, but so you, you got the poster magazines and, and it was for you is a lot about the visuals and the image, of course. So that's, you know, that's what well, you're that getting to. That's how I got into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think then I started collecting those. I remember you could buy past issues for 10 Swedish crowns in stamps. That's how you bought them. Mm -hmm. the, the, the back issues. Wow. So I think I had most of them by not a very long time and uh well there obviously were tons of pictures and posters and uh peter chris became kind of my fave member well they were all my favorite members yeah, but yeah. uh he had so many drums yeah yeah i think that was very appealing so i could like compare to other pictures of drummers in other bands in the, in the magazine and count the toms and stuff yeah yeah and i don't think i i think he had the most yeah and he won he won yep so i wanted to do that yeah i mean that that makes sense right certainly yeah so then i was into drums and uh, and did you get your first drum set when you're like around that age or, or or did you go to like you have it at your school or at, at like a youth club or something or, or how how did that work my first was a toy plastic toy kit okay uh which i got from my parents which i'm very thankful for then i got a proper kit I don't know. You know how it is with times. You don't mm -hmm. know how long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably not that long after, but I got a. I still have pieces of it left. I wish I took care of it. It was. I think it was. My guess. It's a Japanese brand. It was called Yan, Y A N. Really. And it had kind of a, you know, Ringo Starr kind of finish uh -huh. on it. Yeah, yeah like. Like pearl, blue pearl, blue oyster yeah. pearl, whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, I really wish I still had it in that condition. Yeah. Um, but there was something wrong with it. Okay. There was just one tom and one floor tom. Oh, no. So, you know, you had that picture of, is this really how a drum kit looks? It doesn't <laughs> look like that when I look at KISS pictures. <laughs> Were you disappointed? But, Maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. Fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> so then, but, you... uh, no, I got that. And also, I remember uh, my dad. He, he was a truck driver. Okay. So at um, what do you call that in English? Uh, where the company is based at? Yeah, their headquarters, the, kind of. Yeah, where they drive out with the trucks or whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they had a basement there and one of his co-workers uh used part of that basement as a rehearsal place so mm -hmm. sometimes i could go there and use their drums well, that was that exciting. I remember. yes that was awesome and did they have more toms yeah oh good not a, not as many as peter no but nobody had uh, <laughs> exactly yes that's <laughs> I, I keep forgetting that <laughs> but uh no so i think that was it and then yeah i was just really into it 
But I think kind of early, I also realized that you couldn't really write music on drums. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I also got a plastic uh, toy guitar as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do remember seeing like a picture of it. Uh, and then eventually I got a like a cheap uh, like a cheap electric guitar as well. So I could write songs on that. And, and drums were always number one. The, so the guitar was more like a necessity to have something to play drums to. When wow, I was okay, done. so that's interesting. But but how? Um, and because you're you're left-handed. Yes. And you play drums left-handed. You play guitar left-handed. And but I'm guessing the first guitar you got was not a left-handed guitar, was it? No, but I just put it on like left-handed. Okay. Right away, I think. I mean, I used you know, pencils and stuff with my left hand. Yeah. I think that just, I just did it. Because it's a lot easier being a left-handed drummer than it is being a left-handed guitar player or bass player because there's not that many, you, there's not that many choices of instruments. I mean, you have to, I mean, you can, you, like you said, you could fix it yourself, but so many people don't do that and can't do that. I know quite a few uh, left-handed guitar players. I mean, I think that's the common thing to do. Yeah, I guess yeah. for me it just didn't feel right. And yeah, drums, yeah. you can just move it around. They can just move it around. Yeah, yeah, it is a pain in the ass though, especially on shows yeah. when you share kits and yes. stuff. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but hey, then... you have the you have the can can I borrow your kit? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to move them around. <laughs> so, um. And then after a while you started playing, but you you were since you learned to play the guitar, you were just playing mostly yourself. And then you, after a while, you got into bands. Started I your started, own bands. Well, I mean, the only guy, my friend Kenny, who also was in the helicopters, mm -hmm. we were in the same class, so we we had like bands, but it was only two of us, yeah. which would have been. You know, it was weird back then, but then with white stripes and everything, that yeah. was very trendy all of black, a sudden. But the black keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But we didn't know that. So and that's because we didn't know anyone else uh, that could could play. I mean, not that we could play, but that wanted. To yeah, play. yeah, yeah. And did did Kenny play bass back then, or did he play guitar? Uh, first, I think I just played my cheapo guitar, and he sang. Ah, I think that's what that was the thing because you couldn't sing to just the drummer. So no. there we go again with the necessity. But I, but I really wanted to play play, play the drums. But then, yeah, we had a few, few. Uh, I think it was mostly because we liked the idea of it and to come up with band names. <laughs> yeah, because that was the most that was the most fun part. I think so. Yeah. Do you remember some of those band names today? Yeah, we had one because uh, he wasn't into Kiss. Uh, oh. But together we got into punk rock because of his dad's record collection. Uh -huh. uh, not that his dad was a punk rocker, but he was into music. So mm -hmm. he read Enemy and Melon Maker all the time and, and was interested in new stuff. Did, did, so he, think, play, did he play himself? I mean, uh, Kenny's father? He had a guitar lying around, but I think that was mostly a... A hobby, if I'm okay. 
remember correctly. Because nobody, but, no, nobody from your family was like musical in that sense, right? My uncle played guitar. Ah. And uh, he taught me one thing that made me realize the fretboard, how everything works. He taught me how to play Hey Joe, ah. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hendri Hendrix version. Well, that's a good choice. It is actually, I thought to me, that just made, made me realize, okay, that's if you go from C to G, then you can go do the bass line there and then go up to D and then to A and then back to E. And that kind of, that would be my tip for people wanting to learn the guitar. Check that out. And that, yeah, it just made me realize how the whole thing worked mm -hmm. in a very simple, simple way. But, but um, it seems like these things come natural to you since you're you're a multi-instrumentalist. I mean, if if it was really, really, really hard for you, you would have to work so incredibly hard. So it seems that you're naturally, somewhat naturally gifted for it more than other people. Is that the way you, is that the way you see uh, it? No, not really. I mean, I have, no, first of all, I have nothing to compare to. That's true. But I, th I think... I think my eagerness was to get going. If I wanted to write a song, I didn't want to practice. I've been lousy at practicing okay. all my life. I'm I'm I, I'm too impatient. So yeah. I've learned. I think that's basically what I've done my whole life. I've cheated my way through everything, but some, <laughs> but it works because I mean we're talking and we wouldn't have known each other if we weren't playing in bands and. You know, but uh, I mean, this that was the same thing my uncle said. Well, if you want to get going, just tune the guitar to an open E, then mm. you can just move around your whole finger there. Okay, I'll do that because so that's you, quicker. So that's what you did, yes. So that's quicker. But then when he showed me the Hey Joe thing, then I needed to have a regular tuning, and that's how I got to do that. Because I get the feeling that you never really um, did strange tunings on your guitar. Maybe you tuned down like a half step or a whole step, but you never had like strange tunings on any of your guitars with the bands you've been playing with, have you? No, and that's probably the same thing. If I had time to fool around with that, I'd probably get into it. Mm. It's just that, but then I have to tune, retune the guitar, and that takes time off <laughs> my time for writing songs <laughs> I, 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 i'm all about speed you know? <laughs> mr speed finished. yeah exactly wasn't that on rock and roll over as well oh yeah oh second song on the b side there you go which is my a side <laughs> you're probably one of the more retrosexual people i know <laughs> <laughs> escapism for you growing up or is it maybe even more now no, no. Uh, I don't think I'm fuck I never had that question before good question Danny thank you <laughs> it, it just sounded so serious yeah I know, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna try to try to analyze this I don't think it was about that okay. I think it's I don't know what you know what maybe some people call a call. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I never thought about it. It's just this is what I have to do. Well, you saw the picture on those cards. I, I bet. I swear to God, I, I can still remember the smell of those cards. Those kiss cards. 
Yeah, had, and had the a, poster magazine too. They had yeah. a very the, the specific smell. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> that just that smell—that's the smell of happiness, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't escape; it was more just fun, right? Yeah, it was. I, I think it was more like there was no questioning about it. You know, it, it was like, yeah, this is what I want to do, and, and not not even that. It's mm. just what I did. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It just—it was that it was just natural. Yeah, and it's like maybe other other kids played with the toy guns and stuff. I wasn't interested. Mm. Maybe I tr- tried a little bit for five minutes, but then I wanted to listen to Kiss again. You, yeah. you know, it's it just had a higher value somehow. Yeah. I, I don't know, and and that's I mean that's what I've been doing. And I guess you could say for for some of us, for our generation, for some of us of our generation, it was like our generation's The Beatles, I guess. I I mean, you can say anything you want about Kiss, but they did make people start playing. Yeah, they they, they, they made it look fun and maybe maybe dangerous. Yeah, and yeah, it was very exciting. It's like what were the other stuff I was into? Dinosaurs and Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing. It is, it is. <laughs> you know, but with music. Yeah, yeah. And also the fact that there were there were simple songs. Um we didn't know that back then, but they were they, I mean not all of them, but some of them were very well crafted simple yeah. rock and roll songs and and uh, that I mean if Genesis would have looked like Kiss. I don't think that would have the same impact because then it would be like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. So in in a way, I always thought Kiss had the same uh, effect on people as punk rock had, uh, not to diminish their playing or anything. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of punk rock records that you know they wanted to look like they couldn't play, but obviously they could. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's real that was probably very important that it was simple yeah and and very effective well like i said i mean there is a comparison to beatles although some people really cringe when when we're saying that when i'm saying that oh. but uh, <laughs> yeah. because, yeah. not kiss though they <laughs> not, oh, no. very happy. oh yeah 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 no but i mean in the way it really really appealed to a lot of people at once and young people like children as well Yes. And and the simplicity of the melodies, because I mean, uh, or the simplicity of the music, the simple, the the way it really reached directly to people. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not yeah. comparing the songwriting abilities or or the singing abilities. Um, I was, I mean, I remember growing up w- with Beatles and with Kiss, uh, and now of course you, you hear the Beatles, and it's like it's not even it's not even music. It's it's a different dimension in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not even really that much of a Beatles fan. I was much more a Rolling Stones guy. But but um, it had the same kind of direct appeal, and that's what I'm talking about. Because Kiss is pop music. I mean, it's pop music wrapped in a rock rock uh, setting, I guess. Yeah. Because it's very. But what is pop music? It doesn't it mean popular? I guess so. Yeah. So it's pop. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pop. <laughs> yeah. So um, so Peter Chris was your was your was your favorite drummer, and probably still is in many ways. But who's like a good number two, or who who else inspired you when you started playing, 
and understanding that there's a another world outside also the kiss world you were listening to punk music or you got got to punk music through enemy through kenny's father but so so who who else uh, inspired you in your younger days well then it was but then i guess i realized that my drum kit was actually not that bad because yeah. it was the same setup as Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols. So uh-huh. then it was all good. <laughs> yeah, then it was all good. So Paul, yeah. so Paul Cook was it was like your number, the second big inspiration. I think so. Uh, I mean, I just really like the Sex Pistols, yeah. and uh, to this day, I consider him a pretty fucking amazing drummer. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of mention. No, uh, true. And then and then you have Peter Chris who mostly gets shit for what he did, but I think when he was when Peter Chris was good, he was phenomenal because he didn't sound like any other drummer. He had a weird kind of swing to it that was maybe not you know like musically correct maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was something that what he did together with those guys, it gelled really good. Yeah. And I think Paul Cook had something similar. It was very basic drumming, but it was, you know, it's not always about keeping time. It's also about not keeping time, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and also how you hit everything. And I mean, it's, I guess, You've had something similar, you know, you know, when you start going into studios and you say to whoever, whoever engineer working there, I want that kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. And then I know somebody said, well, then you have to play like that too. Yeah. And then you're like, what are you talking about? That's your job. You know, you, you fix the sound, you know, <laughs> but it, and these are things that maybe took me a very long time to understand. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm getting there, so you know it's not. It's usually never. I mean, I'm I here. I'm sidetracking here, but no, go ahead. But it but it's, you know, a lot of times people spend time on changing pickups on guitars and have the same setup as their heroes. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. as much. But it starts with your hands and fingers as much as guitars and uh, as it is for drums and or yeah. any instrument. It's how you, how the actual your body delivers it. I guess. Yeah, I mean, and that's it, very interesting. I think. I think that's interesting too, because especially when it comes to guitar, well, it's with it's with all musicians. I get sometimes it can be harder to hear it in a bass player uh, if they're just playing uh, straight more, notes. Exactly, but that's probably more. Because it's kind of busy in the mix, it's yeah. difficult to yeah. hear. But when you hear somebody like Eddie Van Halen playing guitar, there's nobody else is going to sound like him. They can try to sound like him, do the same guitar, have the same pickups, the same fretboard, and same amplifiers and pedals, or whatever. But it's in the fingers, and that's the signature. And I think that's the biggest compliment you can give a musician. I think is that even if you like the, like the tone or like the sound or don't like it, you can hear that it's that person. And I think that's one of the coolest compliments uh, to give any musician. I totally agree. And there's so many, I mean, that's why I, I mean, a lot of my favorite drummers or guitar players or bass players, they're not necessarily the most technical ones. But as you said, I mean, I guess Eddie Van Halen and Ace Freely, they're not exactly the same style of players. True. But but both have that 
thing that you can immediately recognize that it's them. Yeah. And that's not because of the gear. It's because of them. That's what I think as well. And uh, funny, we should talk about those too, because as you probably also know that, I think it was a Christine 16 that Eddie did the solo and and, uh, Gene Simmons forced Ace Freely to play it just like Eddie had played it. (laughs) He he wasn't... He probably wasn't very happy about it at the time. <laughs> probably wasn't very happy about it at all. No, but okay. So back to drums. I mean, I think on this podcast, I just like to talk in general about music and, and stuff also. And it's really cool talking with you because you you see things from different perspectives, being both a guitar player, a singer, a songwriter, producer, and also, of course, a drummer. Um, and Can I add one thing here? Yes. You have other things also, yeah. No, but it, it's like lately... I mean, well, lately, fifteen years or so, I I I wouldn't call myself a bass player, but I do play bass, and I think that's probably the most underrated instrument in in rock and roll. Well, that's just throwing it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's funny you should mention it because the last three or four years, I started playing bass as well. Not the last fifteen years, just the last three or four, because I I've always played a little bit of guitar. Nothing that I want to really talk with people about. But I was kind of. Um, then you have to do that on my podcast. When <laughs> you're going to do a bass podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, finally. <laughs> it's going to be called Four Strings for Freedom. Uh, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, no, but that's cool. That, that's awesome that you play bass. I think it's so. I mean, you take any music. If the bass is there doing what it's supposed to do, yeah, it makes everything better. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's just I don't know a driving bass. It's insane how good that can be. It's the most uh, ignored instrument by the mainstream people, but it's it's probably one of the most important, without a doubt. But then again, you you only play drums, so it's very important to have a good bass player to play with. Exactly, it makes you, it makes you play better, and yeah. And and this was what I was going to talk to you about also because being a drummer as you also are. Um, and then working in a band with like helicopters, and you have Robon, who I think is a fantastic drummer. And how is your rela- working relationship? I mean, do you does he just do what he wants to do? Do you give him like free uh, all freedom, or do you tell him kind of no, you got to do that or that? I mean, how how does how does your how's your dynamics? Well, it's probably and to get the best answer here is probably to ask me and him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But we're talking. But I, well, I, right I want to ask I him. I want to ask him to be on the podcast as well. But I just, I just wanted to talk with you first. <laughs> oh yeah, but that'd be interesting to see the differences there. I'm, I can only imagine that it must be a little bit of a pain in the ass to be in the band with me. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I understand that because it, it, ha- it must be. Because when I write, let's say I sit down with a guitar. It's not like I do the guitar bit and then I think about the drum part or, you know, whatever. That comes at the same time. Okay. So having written a song and a guitar, of course I have a million ideas for how the drums should be. Yeah. yeah <laughs> not yeah, yeah. even what I want them to be. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, maybe I could have, but looking back, I'm... Maybe I have been probably a little bit too stern about it and too stubborn. I'm I'm just guessing here. Okay. It's because I have 
this whatever song I'm I'm working on that becomes my sole mission and purpose at that very moment, mm-hmm. and then I want it want to hear it like I hear it in my head. So yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. I think I've been like on Robert's case a lot, okay. uh, especially in the beginning, uh, because then you learn the. I mean, after a while, in any band, you learn the language, and then after a while, you don't really have to talk about it as much as you do in the beginning, I suppose. Yeah. But that, uh, so I probably gave him a lot of shit for no more like that, no, not a syncopation there, you know. How, how did he take that? I think Robert, being Robert, very, very, he, I think. Well, to me, whatever he showed, it, it looked like he took it very well. Maybe too good, because maybe I should have been nicer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, no. he's, also, he's a really, really sweet guy. He's a very nice guy. and He's, he's very easygoing, and yeah. uh, and I guess I'm not. So, But if he was more like me, we probably wouldn't have be, been in a band together for a long time. Okay. So I'm not really looking forward to hearing his version about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can only imagine that I can't have been easy. You know, it's like, nope. And what can he say? Because he knows I'm a drummer, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's easier if a guitar player, then you can say, well, you play it then. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and this is my other question, because that's, I think, is a really interesting perspective. When you're, because <clears throat> you're, now you say you're, you're initially a drummer first, which is your first instrument. But you've done a lot more guitar playing than you have, or that's at least what you're known for. And especially you're also known for, you've written a lot of music. Now, have you've probably been in a situation where somebody else has written the music and your main goal is to put the drums on that. Now, the difference between being just, I'm going to say just a drummer in a songwriting process and being the one in your situation who plays drums as well do you think would when you hear somebody else's music would you play it differently just being a drummer than you would if you were writing the song do you understand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it depends on uh, you know are you thinking uh or do you mean that if i listen to something just as a fan do I think about how I would play it, or no? I, I'm, I'm because I, I don't know how it wasn't entombed. Did you did you write the music in entombed, or was it somebody else who wrote it? Uh, we all shipped in, but I did the major part. I would say okay. I but, don't know how many percentage there, but it, yeah, it was yeah. I wrote most of the music. Okay, so that I didn't even know, but I, that that's pretty crazy. So so you haven't really been in the situation of just being a drummer when somebody else has written the music. No, unfortunately not, because I do like that the few times I've done. I've done a couple of drum tracks for a Swedish, um, how would you say that, singer-songwriter? That's such mm-hmm. a loose term, but uh, uh, Stefan Sundström, you yeah, might yeah, know yeah. who that is. Yeah. I played on a few songs there, and that was then that was totally like that. So, because my theory is, or the way, because I also, I don't write much music, but the little bit of that I have written, when I'm thinking, when I'm thinking, like, what would go with the music that I've written here, I would probably make a drum beat that wouldn't be typical for me as a drummer to play. I I, probably, I would want the drummer to do something uh, that, that wouldn't come natural for me as a drummer, just being from that perspective. I don't know, this might seem far out. 
but but that's I've no. just noticed that that difference, and that's interesting because you're you're on the other side of the table, and and you're thinking differently because you're, you're you're thinking guitar, you're thinking melody, and you're thinking the what you want to try to say and reach with the song. Whereas a drummer, it just comes in. Oh, I like this beat. Do da do da, da. <laughs> and I think there's there can be a very distinct difference there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard because I haven't really been only doing, uh, only, but you know, being yeah the drummer that is supposed to you know bring something to the song that you know since everything is you always in my head already without me, it, it just. I can't force it out. It just happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but do you wish you were more in that situation where you could, would you be more relaxing just to like you think about the drums and not worry about all the other stuff? Or does it naturally come to you that you kind of obsess over details in the song that's somebody else's song as well? I think it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of both, I think. Because yeah. I, I do do what I do like this because, because of necessity too, because yeah. there's no one else who has a drum idea yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever, you know, and then yeah. it needs to be done. Like I said, I'm impatient. Yeah. 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 I can't, I can't work for a song for two months. No, I can no. work for a song for three days. Yeah. And if that's not done by three days, then it means the song is not good. Yeah. yeah. And it's not good enough. Scrap it. And, you know, cause well, they, you know, you can't, how much can you polish a turd? A little bit. <laughs> but, I'm sure you can a little bit, but, you know, it's still a turd. You are experiencing a gong production. It makes me think, think of the expression that Carrie Fisher, uh, Princess Leia, yeah. Carrie Fisher said. Because she was, she's been kind of messed up, and well, she's dead now. But she she went through some really rough, rough patches in life. But and she, and she was, I think, a, for a while, a heavy drug drug addict there as well. But she said, uh, "Instant gratification takes too long." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's me in music. <laughs> yeah, that's what it made me think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, but I think I also, especially now since I'm uh, older, uh, I think I can also let me say I was, like you said, just a drummer yeah, <laughs> in, just. in a constellation. Yeah, I think uh, me, you know, pushing fifty here, you know, and I think I could uh, be more relaxed in that, whereas. Say ten, uh, twenty years ago, yeah. I probably have too too many opinion, opinions, and I couldn't let it be, you know. Whereas today, I think I actually can. You go more with uh, the flow. Yeah, not entirely. Not entirely, because that would also for me mean that I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a balance there too that needs to be. It's like now with Lucifer, where I write uh, together with Johanna, mm-hmm. um, that. I mean, I don't think I could have done that 20 years ago because okay. I usually write everything myself and sometimes I've, I've, I have help with lyrics, mm-hmm. but the phrasing and the rhymes and the melodies, that's always all, always there. But uh, so in our case, I come up with some music sketches mm-hmm. uh, and I force myself not to think about the vocal melody. Okay. 
I just try to block that out. Sometimes I can't, but I'm, I've, I've learned how to block it out because that's her job. And that way we create music that none of us would have done alone, which is awesome, I think. So I, I'm very interested in keep doing that in, in other projects too. Cool. Whereas, like I said, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I couldn't do that because then it's like, I have this vision. It needs to be like this. Otherwise, I'm going nuts. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's, you can probably analyze it as some kind of disorder. O OCD? <laughs> yeah, pro probably. Yeah. I mean, don't we all have a little bit of that? Oh, yeah, I think so. For sure. I know I have. <laughs> yeah. And it must be something wrong with me. Otherwise, it's wrong with everyone else. <laughs> yeah. It can't. It can't be all the other people. You know, it has to be me too. So, what do you think you, you have learned, and what do you think your wife Johanna has learned uh, mostly from from this uh, collaboration that you do? I I have no idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that I'm a pain in the ass to work with. Me. <laughs> no, you're, it seems like you're easy. You, you said you're forcing yourself to not think about the melody. Which that would that doesn't come natural to you at all? No, and and that's like I said, I had to learn that, and uh, but it it works because I'm I'm also it's I think that works because I want it to work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but then you know so li like an example, I, I give her the stuff because we never sit in the same room writing together. You never do we're, that. We're in the same house, but we're in two different rooms. Wow. <laughs> Which is weird. So it is kind of like how we started when I sent my ideas to, uh, to her in Berlin yeah. via email, you know, and then back and forth. So it's kind of the same setup. It's just that we're, we are close, but not in the same room. Wow. But, uh, but so then when she's uh, have done the phrasing and the vocal melodies and then all that stuff, then, of course, sometimes I'd be like, how about <laughs> <laughs> you go here instead? Can we try that? And um, that, that and I also have to restrain myself sometimes because then I just hear something that I think would make it maybe in my mind even better. Mm-hmm. And that is not necessarily how it is, but it just that's how it sounds in my head. And then I have to to um, try to make my what I have in my head come across as something that's interesting for her. Which yeah. is that these things are difficult because she is in her vision in her head mm -hmm. you know and then it would be the same thing if i did a song and someone said how about we try this how and my my spontaneous reaction would be like why it's done <laughs> <laughs> you know? well i think a good thing that we that we um that we learned to do in, in glucifer and other bands i worked with also is it's it's maybe going to take you uh, 30 seconds to try you know what i mean it's it, you're yes. not you're not i know you say you're very impatient i'm also very impatient also 30 seconds we we can all do that we can all do 30 seconds and you know try it and then you know that okay that's an experience that sucked but we tried it we thought yes, it was gonna I, suck and it sucked but sometimes then again that sounds like a really shitty idea let's try that and sometimes it turns out that was actually a pretty cool idea and it works or exactly or also it, it is like that 
oh, that was a really shitty idea. But then someone in the room, because of that, comes up with another idea. Exactly. So, of course, these are things that you have to, again, learn. I mean, like, like I said, I'm coming back to 20 years. I don't know why I said that, but it's even numbers and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so instead of me going, no. Yeah, yeah. Now I would like, yeah, let's try it. Yeah. In my head, I still don't believe it. <laughs> you know? But, you know, it, it is worth trying. And these are things that maybe it took me a little too long to to realize but uh, it is interesting too because you work with something you you kind of even though you're not inventing reinventing any wheel here uh, you are creating something that wasn't there yeah. the minute before you did it exactly. so so of course that becomes important for you and that's why you're defensive and you know but in the end i also think what i'm what i think I'm fairly okay at is to see the big picture. What does the song needs or what, you know, where, where, where are the benefits here, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, but that also, I think that helps, um, me playing more than one instrument helps that. Cause I, I don't really care about details of a drummer or details of a guitar player. The end result is what counts. You're working for the song. And I think, yeah, so that's maybe more of a producer mindset, maybe. Because mm -hmm. you've also been a producer for, for several artists, right? Not, not a lot, but a little bit here and there. I think and Back, I back always... Our Babies, I know. Oh, yeah, I did one album, their least selling album. <laughs> that one I did. <laughs> It's on I like, me. <laughs> I like the way you. I like you. You said that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anybody want to work with me? Here's my resume. I suck. That's funny. Well, you certainly have a lot of other uh, good things to show for. So, uh, in the long run, you're going to be fine, I think. But I have a I have a question because I was, I was <coughs> you were talking about you know 20 years ago. But say we go back to 1994. Uh, can you name me some bands that you listen to today that Nikke in 1994 would not approve of? Oh, okay. Because <clears throat> I'm sure oh, there's a that, couple that there. There must be plenty. Okay, 94. Or, you know, way back then when you were really, really like, you know, very determined on what you wanted and what you... I think what you didn't like was just as important as what you did like, right? Well, if you go back even to, like... 89 it would well, let's, let's I, I go think, to 89 then yeah i think back then i think what i didn't like was more important than what i like probably yeah right oh yeah i remember you know being playing death metal mm -hmm. or getting into that i mean it was all it wasn't so many people into it this is even a few years before that because i mean but we entombed almost coined the phrase death metal right no 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 but it no, was I, you were very early weren't you no Oh, okay. See, then I don't know my history, so I'm good at talking to you and asking questions instead of telling for, you. For us, I think we started in late 87, maybe, uh -huh. in like 88. The, the, I don't know, what's the first death metal thing? That's more like 84, maybe. Okay, okay. And so so who, okay. In, the, in that kind of time 
spectrum or whatever that's like eons in between yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're like fifth gener generation death metal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i there's no claim to that whatsoever okay but um just pointing that out yeah but uh no but i remember but this is just you know teenager stuff yeah. i remember we i i liked the first testament album i mm -hmm. still do uh but then say two months after that anyone in the you know small circle of friends who listened to that same album was a poser oh. two months after okay because then it was not cool uh-huh and uh, that's insanely stupid <laughs> but also quite fun <laughs> but and so, very funny <laughs> yes but what, like what what things today i mean like because i know that you if i know understanding correctly you you probably more than discovering new music today you go more back in time and, and discover stuff that you didn't listen to well That's, for me it's new music it's just that it's not made today it's not modern yeah yeah but, but yeah. some of those bands that you would really not approve of back in 89 or, or whenever Thin Lizzy. Okay. You hated Thin which Lizzy. Which is really then? weird. Yeah. Because I had probably only heard The Boys Are Back in Town. And uh, I thought, that's shit. Because that <laughs> was on the radio all the time. Same, the same way I thought Sweet Home Alabama was shit. Okay. <laughs> Today, I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember when, and this goes as far uh, as maybe even... Oh, yeah, I remember when we did the fourth Helicopters album, okay. which is High Visibility. Mm -hmm. we, there were some reviews that it sounded a little bit like Thin Lizzy, and I got offended. <laughs> wow. I was like, Thin Lizzy? We don't sound like that. And then I started to listen to Thin Lizzy to see what the fuck they were on about. And yeah. then I realized... Oh, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, and then it's, it, and then it didn't take very long until I had all the Thin Lizzy albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happened uh, with Leonard Skinner too. Yeah. When I heard a song that wasn't Sweet Home Alabama, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and now I love Sweet Home Alabama too. Maybe maybe a tad overplayed, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's still good. But you don't listen to Stairway to Heaven that much, do you? <laughs> I love Stairway to Heaven. Oh, you do? Okay. I think, um, to be honest, that's probably the best song they ever wrote. That's pretty impressive. But you didn't, did you like Led Zeppelin back then? No. No. I, st I still don't. No, <laughs> no I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Just to, to make the show interesting <laughs> and to rile some people up. I've, I've had that sometimes. And it's, it's funny with music how, how emotional uh, the anyone's relation to music can be i love yeah. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was once talking with uh with a singer from uh, grand megas a guitar player okay uh, and um yeah, at sweden rock some years ago we were sitting having lunch in the in the lunch area and i don't know how we came into i didn't know him that well and he's apparently a huge Richie Blackmore fan. And I said mm. something like, and we weren't even drunk. I said, 
But I said, but come on, Ace Freely is much better guitar player than Richie Blackmore. And I thought he was going to punch me in the face. Wow. <laughs> he, he got really offended. And I had to say, I'm sorry, but I mean it. And then kind of ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I still mean it. You still I'm mean not it. saying an, an, anything bad about Richie Blackmore, but I don't know. I think, well, you and... Quite a few other people know that I really like Ace Frehley because I think yeah. if you can sing or hum anyone's guitar solos, yeah. that's a good guitar solo. I agree with you on that. And I like and, Eddie uh, Van Halen, but I like the ones where you can actually sing sing them. <laughs> Instead not of all just that go, Yeah, not all that fast stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, no, so I, I, I find that really interesting. And I, I, I love the fact that he reacted like that. Yeah. It's very personal. Uh, because Yeah, because it means something. So you can't just, I can't go there, this his favorite guitar player. And and it's just funny because I, I know I'm right, but he know he knows he's right. Yeah, too. yeah. But, but, Deep, but it, in the end, I am right. But you have you listened on, uh, much to Deep Purple? Yeah, I love Deep Purple. But the best part of Deep Purple is not Rich Blackmore solos. It's the songs. And uh, yeah. I don't know, I think Ian Pace... Oh people talk God. about people talk about John Bonham for obvious reasons, and I do agree. But come on, Ian Pace, that's where it's at. That's an amazing drummer. That's an amazing. What, what um, what a guy. <laughs> well, he. I think the thing that I find that he has in common with, say, Ginger Baker, is that they both put a little bit of the jazz swing and feel in to rock which i'm i i think that makes it swing maybe also what peter christ did a little bit i mean he took or, or, or what he tried he tried to do yeah, yeah. but <laughs> peter christ took lessons with gene krupa right yeah he always says that it doesn't yeah. really come across <laughs> it just still sounds like peter christ <laughs> yeah but it, it, it does but it, uh, there's a little bit of swing in there and like that I, and i love his his, uh, his beat in a hundred thousand years i love yeah, i love that beat yeah, I mean, I've heard that with other drummers yeah. in Kiss. Yeah, it doesn't do the same thing. Maybe it's technically better. It probably is. It's probably more on time and and metronome perfect or whatever. But yeah. who cares about that if yeah, it doesn't yeah. swing? Yeah, and he, they, when he did swing, when he, I mean, he could swing when he wanted to. And that, that well, I think... and then and then he kept wanting to, but he couldn't because maybe he had a little too much. <laughs> Too much uh, substance abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really now. I'm going back to Peter again. That's okay. But since I've been kind of not really knowing that I'm analyzing Kiss, but I guess I do. Mm -hmm. There was like a point before he had too much substance, mm -hmm. and this would be early '77, I think, mm -hmm. where he was on fire. For yeah. obvious reasons, yeah. uh, the songs were way too fast. But fuck, it, it's some of those like bootleg shows that you can find. I think it's early '77. Fuck, Kiss sounds almost like MC5. It's yeah. so high energy. And then something happened in '77, and he became like a, just a ghost of himself. Yeah. And that I guess that is drugs. It it has to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's just really sad how one can go from a really amazing musician and then the next day, yeah. not so much. Yeah. 
So, um, what did you think of of uh, of Anton Fig and his drumming with with on the Kiss albums? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a pretty amazing drummer. Yeah. Uh, I would also say that he's probably miles apart from what Peter did. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen to Ace Frehley's solo album of the 78 ones. His drumming on that album is phenomenal. It is. It is. It's it's almost like, wow, this is so... It's very technical. Yeah. But also very... It's just really, really good. Yeah. Is it is it in the... Is it speeding back to my baby? Or one of those songs where he has a drum solo in it? Uh, it's a short one and rip it out rip it out rip it out yeah yeah and uh i think he doubled it that's what it sounds like it does sound like that yeah but that's and a cool that, that's a cool drum solo yeah and it's also a really cool idea yeah to uh and that needs to be incorporated way more i think we tried it once with my band imperial state electric yeah. that we, when we told thomas the drummer can you play that again that part <laughs> like what do you mean i just played it no no do it again <laughs> then it will sound like anton fig <laughs> but it was weird because then he really then thomas really wanted to nail it so he did it too good oh so then you didn't have the effect we're like okay this doesn't can you play a little worse you know <laughs> so you get a little bit of the flam thing or whatever it's called yeah yeah, yeah. and that is funny because that when you play the exact it didn't have any effect. It's, I, I see what it, you're it, saying. Yeah, it's too, it, it just was... has to be a little off. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And that's that's not easy to do. No, to I be know. perfectly yeah. off. I mean, fuck, that takes some skill. Is that is that the name of the next uh, Imperial State Electric album? Perfectly off. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will there be because uh, I wanted to look uh, look ahead now? Will there be another um, Imperial State Electric album? Do you think? Yes, we have been talking about it. I mean, Tobias had he was sick for a while, but now okay. he's good. Okay, so I'm glad to hear that's that good. Because some people probably thought we just like we say in Sweden, it ran out in the sand, which doesn't really translate to English. Well, uh, but um, yeah, that is just vaporized <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah. but it didn't we we were waiting and then while we were waiting all of us did a lot of other stuff okay like i did lucifer and then you know and then we're working on a new helicopters album i guess it's not a secret anymore or if it is i just blew it yeah, because I wanted I was want to ask you that and ask if you if you could talk about that, but now you just kind of said it yourself. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know what we said here, but I mean, yeah, what the fuck? It's yeah, we're working on a new album. That's great. That's great news. Well, we'll see. It's only great <laughs> if it's great. <laughs> well, it's only great. Yeah, that's that's the next Helicopters album title. It's only great if it's great. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, maybe maybe this one should be called by the grace of God instead. <laughs> it would be way more appropriate. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And you just released uh, an album with with Lucifer now that came in the middle of all of this corona. Yeah, shit. like smack 
down in the middle. Okay, well, it's a good time for people to sit down and listen to music then. It is funny because we had our booking agent saying like two weeks before or something the release. Oh, you have we have to postpone the release. Like you can't do it now. It's yeah. like pre-orders and shit. And we've been waiting for this. Yeah. Uh, so we said, no, that's not going to happen. I think the 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 sad part is that we can't play the new songs. Yeah. Um, live and uh, but I th- it does feel a little bit like maybe when it came out people actually had time to listen to it yep. so there has to be positive things about this too well I'm sure I'm sure there are, there are, we'll, one day we'll find the positive things about this <laughs> well there already are I mean look look up in the sky there are no airplanes yep. Yep. Uh, that must be beautiful for the environment and and speaking of airplanes, uh, I understand that it, it was you guys almost didn't come home from South America. You were touring there with the helicopters, right when this whole the whole world was about to shut down. Yeah, that was very <laughs> that was very close call. Like every day, we were gonna do four shows: one in in Chile, one in Argentina, and two in Brazil. So uh, we did Chile, okay, but not Argentina. Oh, okay. And if we would have come to Chile, which was the first, a day after, we would have been in quarantine for, there for two weeks. Oh, okay. So uh, that was very close. But it oh. worked out. <laughs> so we had to skip Argentina and go directly to Brazil, um, which worked. And then we were going home from Fortaleza. We took the last flight to Europe. Wow. And that felt like, oh, Okay, good. <laughs> but then, but then, our we, our layover was in Portugal, and that was also a little bit if you know how it was. Then everything changed changed in like ten minutes. It's crazy. So we were like, "Oh, can we go home?" But we we could. It it worked. So, but how were the shows in South America? That must have been fun, right? They they were really good. Uh, yeah, all, all three of them were awesome. Yeah, right. that, that was the. Second time we were there, we were there. When was that? But that was only in Brazil. We did three shows. What can that be? Two thousand three. I'm guessing here. Okay. Uh, well, you're gonna talk to Robert from the helicopters. Yeah. He knows everything. So. Okay. He knows. He he's like the encyclopedia of the band. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll but, get uh, <laughs> for him. I'm gonna guess two thousand three, but I could, of course, be wrong. But uh, yeah, that that was weird that time too, because we that was like uh, uh, the lineup for those three shows was us, then Sepultura, and then Deep Purple. Wow! And then I thought, could that lineup have worked in Europe? Probably not. Well, at a, anything you can do almost do anything at a festival, I guess. Yeah, but, but this, these were, this were like we, club shows or like indoor. Yeah, venues? big big venue things but uh yeah that was awesome so did you get to see ian pace from up from the side of the stage yeah how was it watching him awesome i've never i don't think i've ever seen him live you see no he was great he played really really good and you know how that happens you know when when people get older sometimes they lose some of their chops and Mm. (laughs) you know their their magic but i'd say it was still there cool and that was awesome i read actually read an interview with him just recently and he said the key to to keep going is to actually keep 
going yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. if you slow down at this age for a year yeah. oh then you have to start start up again and that you know so that's i think that's why they play all the time yeah well money could be a little bit <laughs> money could be an issue, <laughs> it could be but i'm not gonna say that so can i ask you how far you guys have come in the and in, in, um for the next uh, helicopters release have you recorded stuff yet Yes, cool. we have. Have we recorded about seven basic tracks? Wow! Uh, the thing is, we do it very here and there. Okay. So, I mean, it, the stars have to be aligned, literally. <laughs> <laughs> People think I'm the busiest guy, but no. And it's like, well, I'm I'm free here. Yeah. Oh, then I have to go to the country and to the summer house. It's that kind of thing. Okay. And then Dragon has backyard babies and, you know, so... He's always busy. I think he's probably... I, I think I'm busy, but he's the busiest man I've ever known. I mean, I'm not going to uh, go into any personal uh, stuff at all, but... I why? was I was... <laughs> why? <laughs> You love, <laughs> you love to ask that question. No, no. But I, but I was I was fortunate enough to be uh, at the wedding of uh, when you and Johanna got married. This was, uh, was coming up to two years ago, right? It wasn't last year. Yeah. Was, yeah. And Dragon was there, and he he had to play a show, so he had rented a helicopter. Yeah. And then and then that came and picked him up at your guy's wedding. And then yeah. if that isn't like a rock star thing, I don't know what is. I know. Talk <laughs> about stealing the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but stealing the show and then leaving. <laughs> yeah. No, he I think he he really tried hard to cancel or or move the the festival date he had with the backyard babies, but yeah. he couldn't. Yeah. And obviously the other guys in the band uh didn't want him to not play the show because it was a stupid wedding you know yeah okay because that would probably mean well i mean they wouldn't get any money for the show so yeah. i think he spent his money on the helicopter <laughs> okay well it was an experience and, and unforgettable for all of us well i've never seen anything like it <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> It was very cool. It was very, very cool. I also think maybe he liked it quite a bit. I think he enjoyed that. I think he enjoyed that. <laughs> but it was it was a gesture for you guys. It was a very nice gesture that he did that, I think. No, I th I, I, I was very... I appreciated that a lot. It was awesome. It was very cool. But I was actually going to ask you... Uh, I know that you are like a very retro uh, guy. You like the old vintage stuff, but... When it comes to drums, you're you're not playing on 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 old stuff, are you? No. May I ask what you, what you what is your what what you prefer or what you're playing on? I play on a Tama kit, but I always fuck. I'm so bad with names. What is it called? Uh, I found a Tama kit that actually has the depth of the kick drum as 14, as every kick drum should be. Okay. Um, since I'm talking here, I'm going to voice that opinion. That's a, that's a, you're entitled to do that, and I like to hear it. Because that's how it was up until sometime in the 80s, I think. I'm not sure when they decided to make deeper kick drums. Uh, if it made it sound better, I would understand it, but it doesn't. I haven't heard a kick drum that sounds better than any recorded 
uh, or live kick drum from the 70s and 60s ever so um they had this uh, kit that is new and it's 14 inch deep could it be a, like a superstar classic or something that you're playing or is I it a star think... classic because <sighs> i do have that too uh i have a um a custom made kit uh, and that's a star classic which has uh three toms and two floor toms and two kick drums uh i would use that when we go on tour with lucifer but we can't fit it in the van and we can't fit it on some stages either. <laughs> i mean because that's what i want to do i want to have a double kick drum kit you know uh but uh it's the necessity thing too, you know. But one once we, you know, get super successful, I'm I'm gonna have, I'm gonna count the Peter Chris Toms and see how many. <laughs> I'm gonna have one more than he does. <laughs> I think who else? Now I start to think about um, Alice Cooper, Neil, Neil Smith. Yeah. But I think he may might have had more rack toms than Peter Chris. But uh, yeah, um, I got sidetracked. Yes, but Tom and they worked really well for me. But this custom made kit, I had them. I had uh, three toms. They're twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. But they're all eight inch deep. But that's my homage to uh, uh, Keith Moon. He, I think, actually, he had three of the same tom toms. <laughs> but i thought maybe that's you know i want to have something on my own here so <laughs> i did a minor alteration <laughs> but uh sometime in the future i'm gonna bring that kit on tour cool and it's a 2214 that's the bass drum that you prefer uh actually not <laughs> the double kit i have is 2014 really Yes, because then I can get, I like to sit kind of high and have the drums below me a little bit. And then with the double kicks, it gets a little high. But for this uh, four-piece kit I just bought, uh, well, two years ago, that's a 24-inch kit with 14 deep. Uh, because I thought in loose for <clears throat> most of the songs are on the slower side or medium <laughs> tempo i would say so i would never had that so i want to try that and that i'd like that a lot too so anything between 20 and 24 is good for me i see that star classic maple have both uh 2014 and 2414 so something like that you have i think oh that's awesome but i had to fix something the hoops okay yeah, this is uh, we're talking about drums here. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why brands, all brands, stopped doing that because back when everything looked like it like it should, you have the hoops and you have black. The hoops were black, but then you had a stripe of the same color as the kit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And no drums come like that anymore. So I had. That's to how you prefer it. So I had to do that. I had to find the finish from the, it's like a white shell sparkle. No, not a sparkle, but kind of like a pearl, white pearl thing. Yeah, yeah. So I had to find that from eBay somewhere and then make my own hoops. And now they look good. Do it yourself, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You've always been very like uh, concerned with the artwork. You do that. You draw yourself. So you make all the artwork for the album covers and the merch for helicopters, right? Yeah, and then lately I've been doing everything, uh, like uh, for all the Imperial State Electric albums, I've done all the sleeve design and. Yeah, I'm the one sending stuff off to the printers. And again, that's necessity. I don't have money to pay someone. <laughs> so now you're going to do like the live sound technician front of house and sell the merchandise and stuff, right? Next year, I'm going to do front of house too. I don't know how that's going to work, but I think with today's technology, <laughs> I'm sure it can be done. Just a little iPad on your mic microphone sound. That's going to look really awesome on one of your shows. No, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I have to... Figure that one out. Then I can do it. Trust me, it's going to look really vintage. You know that. <laughs> yeah, a vintage iPad. Yeah, maybe I can get that. So, Nick, thank you so much for doing this. It's been really fun and really cool to hear about you and your story. But there's so many things we haven't talked about. Yeah, I know. We have to do... We, I mean, we have Maybe to, we'll do a part two. Yeah. I can get both you and Robon together on the show. What do you think about that? Whew. Well, then he's going to do all the talking. Oh, you can do the smoking. <laughs> yep, I'll do that. <laughs> no, but it was really nice talking to you. Thank you, man. And uh, and uh, to talk about drums for once. Yeah, it's about time. It's, uh, next time, uh, uh, yeah, call call me when you get that bass podcast going. Weren't you going to do that though? I'm doing that. Okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right, then I and you'll be my first guest. And you call me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. Thank you so much, Nicke. Thank you. Okay, so there you have it. Nicke Andersson. What an amazing guy. And we got some really, really cool good news there. I mean, uh, the helicopters are coming with a new album. And if uh, you don't haven't heard the helicopters or Lucifer or Imperial State Electric, well, or Entombed, you should definitely go check that stuff out. This has been a really fun talk with my old friend Nick Andersson. And, uh, and there is more to come in our next uh, episode of Dr. Gong's Drumcast. So I hope you want to tune in. Maybe you want to share this with some friends, whatever you feel like. I hope you have a good one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You have just listened to Dr. Gong's Drumcast. The Drumcast has been produced by Gong Productions. And the theme song, Dr. Gong, was written and performed by Raldo Useless, a.k.a. Adolf Ingve Uggen with yours truly, Danny Young, on drums. Thank you for listening. Yeah.